Hello, everyone, and welcome on into Betting the High Line, powered by the Book It Sports Network. I'm Thomas Viola, joined, as always, by Taylor Wilson, as we bring you all of the latest and greatest soccer betting analysis to help you make your picks and win some money playing the beautiful game. We've got a great show coming at you today. Champions League action coming down to the wire next week. We're going into the final match day of group stages. We're going to talk about that. We've got some quality EPL action going on this weekend and so much more. But right now, Taylor Wilson, how are you doing today? Doing great, Tom. Still full from that Thanksgiving feast. Uh, And just like Manchester United, well, we really can't guarantee the wins these days, but we can guarantee the drama here on betting the high line. Some brutal losses once again. Some good wins as well. Uh, we'll get into it and also try to predict next week's action. It was it was a surprising up and down weekend. Wow, that Man United game. So much to talk about with what on earth mm. Ole was thinking, keeping Fred in that lineup, the absolute implosion. They looked They looked the better team for most of that game and then just – the complete collapse. Martial had one absolute sitter of a miss. And then a couple minutes later, they had another big miss that could have turned, turned the tide and made it a three, one game in their favor. And instead they end up getting raked by PSG. But right now it's been, it's been a little bit of a rough week for us with the best bets. We had some tough beats come out over the weekend. What was, uh, what, what was your biggest loss? Well, you mentioned Manchester United. I start there for a reason. And this is a team I faded twice this week. I faded them in the Prem last weekend, and I faded them in the midweek. It worked out in the midweek, not so much against Southampton. I took Southampton money line, nearly 3-1. to one. Southampton leading that game 2-0 into the second half. A beautiful golazo from James Ward-Prowse. Life is good. They're feeling great. I've bet a lot on Southampton this year. I have two Southampton futures. I was feeling personally extremely confident. And in comes Manchester United. They bring in the new arrival, Edinson Cavani, as a substitute, changed the entire game, got an assist, scored two more, and United, once down 2-0, wins that game 3-2. The money line completely implodes. A lot of people had live draws at that point at 2-2. Maybe some people had pre-flop draws. Those went out the window as well with goal number three. A real mess. A lot of happiness for anyone that had a United side of that one. But a tough L for one of my best bets. Um, and one of my more frustrating beats of the year, Tom. I, I was watching that game. It was absolutely incredible watching Cavani come on, do what he did. But then he comes out against PSG and really was the reason that they gave up that second goal that led to the collapse. Not getting, ba- not getting back far enough, keeping all of those PSG players off on sides, a real gift to his team there. For me, it was, it, it was an interesting tale because my – my bet at the best odds was Wolves plus 285 over Arsenal. They come through in the clutch. Arsenal, really, really not looking like a team. It was, it was 50-50 at the start of the season. Some people, like myself, drank the Kool-Aid and said, Arteta's going to have this team in shape. This team is going to compete for, one, for, for the championship. They're going to compete for the title. Oh, man, other people were completely right on that one. Do not drink the poison Kool-Aid there with Arsenal. This team is so up and down. They are not playing nearly enough uh, at enough of a clip to being competing for even a top four spot. They're going to be in a tough spot. Wolves came out on top in that one, and it was easy to predict. However, my other two bets did not go as planned. Liverpool 
I wanted them at minus a goal and a half versus Brighton ends up in a draw. Mm. It was a plucky Brighton team. And I really thought that Liverpool was going to bounce back after the absolute clobbering that they suffered versus Atalanta in the midweek in the Champions League. They're already through in, in, in the UCL. They've qualified out, so they don't have to worry about that. But this team has a lot of struggles right now with injuries that we've talked about at length. And my other bet and I felt even better about this one. Leicester over Fulham. Fulham has looked a lost team all year. They look destined to drop right back down. They don't look like a Premier League side. And what do they do? They come out against league leaders Leicester, and they just absolutely throttled them as well. So my one and a half was dead on arrival with Leicester there. Yeah, that would have been the side I took. Thankfully, I had the over two and a half, which felt pretty good uh, once Fulham got the two goals and ultimately narrowly hit. I also lost the Liverpool bet. I had Liverpool with that ugly push protection, minus one goal spread number. And this is, you know, you mentioned the injuries. They have been one of the forms of kryptonite against Liverpool this year. The other has been three letters, V-A-R. And once again, that was the case in this game. Three major VAR decisions, three of them going against Liverpool. I would argue that two of them were the right call, two offside goals that VAR overturned. The third one controversial as being kind. I think that's a decision that never gets called before the VAR era. Now, part of this game, kind of part of the narrative that Liverpool fans are brushing under the rug is they gave up a penalty to Brighton that Neil Mopai missed. So if he makes that, you know, maybe Liverpool loses this game. They weren't playing great despite the VAR decisions, Um, but I would have at least gotten the push if not for that final VAR penalty shout and ultimately lose that game. The one that I did win, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit, was the under two and a half in Chelsea Spurs, which I'm sorry to anyone that watched it. It was probably the worst game of the week, which sucks because it was the game that we hyped up the most. But exactly what I thought would happen did happen with both managers just playing a chess match. Jose Mourinho, classic Jose Mourinho, throwing numbers behind the ball, trying to get that one goal on the counter. Had a couple of opportunities to win it, couldn't pull it off. Chelsea just couldn't get in behind the Spurs defense, and ultimately it was nil-nil. So the under covered by a mile, uh, under two and a half there. So that's my only best bet win of the week. I lose the other two, and I'm now 7-11 and 11 overall on best bets. I honestly, I, I can't wait for Bookett's, uh, Bookett's bet tracking to go live with soccer lines because I have been struggling trying to figure out exactly where I am on the, on, on the best bets uh, that's record. What all, that's think, what they all say, Tom. Come on. <laughs> I know it's bad. I'll tell you that. I think we're at three wins, one push, and eight losses, but I <laughs> cannot be sure right now. I got to go back into the archives. One more note on Liverpool the narrative has always been that, you know, their live VAR pool, they get the benefit of all those calls. And as an Everton fan, I am certainly one to back that narrative. However, this season, they've had eight goals taken away by VAR. Nobody else has more than four. Yeah. Do you know yeah. who has the most goals, uh, the most decisions go in their favor? Uh, is it Man United? It is Man United. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's not going to do anything to uh, calm the rivalry there between Liverpool and Manchester United, which is now a no, far rivalry more than anything. Yeah, I mean, the debate continues. It's interesting to hear, like, country to country in Germany, they seem to be thinking that it's working pretty well. In England, it's just an utter disaster. Everyone wants it gone. I'm convinced that in England, they're tanking VAR. They're purposely doing bad <laughs> so that they can get rid of it. That, that, that's my conspiracy theory on that. But going back to Chelsea Spurs, you talked about how – Mourinho ball is putting all of those numbers behind the ball. 
at, at what point you take these two teams, they're two teams that I really like to be able to compete to win the league. I, if I, I, I picked Chelsea at the beginning of the season as my Premier League champions at the end of the year. I still like them better than this Spurs team because I think that Chelsea is more adaptable. That back line is starting to play well together. They're the, the offense is starting to gel. We knew it would take them a little bit of time since they had so many new pieces coming in in a shortened offseason with everything that's happened in the world of COVID. But this Spurs team, I think that my biggest worry is Jose doesn't play a very adaptable style. They're always going to go, go out and do what they do. And it's either going to work or it's not. And I think that's going to be the biggest roadblock for Spurs. Well, and that becomes a disaster when they have so much emphasis on two players with what they're doing going forward and Son and Kane, two players who have had their own injury issues as well. If one of those guys goes out, this is, I mean, this is stating the obvious, obviously losing Harry Kane would suck. But I think that's a good point with Jose's style, particularly he would struggle to adapt if one of those players went out for any significant amount of time. I sort of, going off of this Chelsea Spurs game, the idea was, oh, we're finally going to really find out about both of these teams. And of course, now the narrative is like, oh, we didn't really find out anything. Both managers just did yeah. what they needed to do to get a result. I don't think it's a particularly great result for either team, but because of what's happening around the league where no one is putting their imprint on this season, you really still don't know. The thing is wide open, which maybe is a good uh, piece of news for the futures market. The big winners this weekend in the Prem were Man City, who did exactly what we talked with Bill and Esma last week. What has happened in those Burnley Man City games? It's just insane. It's like always 4 0 City, 5 0 City. It was 5 0 in this one. Despite the fact that City hasn't shown that kind of form all year, you would have yeah. made some good money taking a minus two and a half. Heck, even the minus four and a half would have hit in this game. And I just didn't want to touch it because I Burnley has been playing good defensive footy. And I was just silly on that one because ultimately city just does what they do against Burnley. But even there, we don't find out anything about man city because that's what they do against Burnley, right? Like we still don't know if man city can compete as a title contender. Liverpool has all these weird games. It is a wide open prem season. Like maybe we've never seen before. It really is. And it's been exciting to watch because you, you finally don't have that big, you, you finally don't have that one horse, two horse race where, where someone's just getting out in front. This has been a weird season because of all that is going on in the world. And we're actually going to be the benefits of that because it's made for some really entertaining soccer in a league that maybe normally isn't as competitive is a lot more wide open here. You look at the futures market right now on DraftKings, City is still the favorite at plus 188. Liverpool right behind them at two to one. And then you've got Chelsea and Spurs sharing, uh, sharing third place at five to one before things really start to drop off. When you get to United, who's the next favorite here at 20 to one. And then Leicester still up near the top of the table at 40 to one. And then it just goes down from there, but it, it just goes to show how, how tight it is at the top. I still kind of like the Chelsea five to one, but at that point you're, you're debating your payout versus how long the money's going to be held up and, that's getting into a whole different argument here. But right now, do you want to jump right into this week? Because we got some good games going on. Let's start with United. You know, going, to, going yes. away to West Ham. This, for me, ultimately, is just the classic. All right, we saw what Manchester United did in midweek. We saw what they did the past weekend. It really is like binary code. It's ones and zeros. It's a good game and then a bad game and then a good game again. I'm banking on that trend continuing for Manchester United. You can get them on at a plus price against a team that on paper in West Ham United 
they should be beating consistently. You might say, oh, well, it's a road game. Throw all that out this year with no fans. Really doesn't matter. Yeah, you have to travel, but the UK is the size of what, Kentucky? Like, you're not traveling a ton. Ultimately, I like United in this on the money line. They've won all four of their road games this year, which actually is kind of a stat that scares me more than anything because it's like, well, eventually that has to change. But I think they figure it out against West Ham. West Ham has some really interesting attacking players that could pressure this United defense that has been a little bit shambolic at times this year. Um, If you wanted to think about an over, that would probably be the move that I would do on the total. But I think if you get United on this, in most years, this is a number that United is a minus favorite in, and you can get them plus right now because of their up and down form. I'm taking Man U. Looking at the breakdown, a lot of people agreeing with you here. Once again, special shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. They are not sponsors of the show. We are not paid to shout them out here, but they do have some really great betting menus for soccer, which makes them one of our favorite books to pull lines from because you have so many options. And plus, they're a little more widely available than some other sports books that are maybe Vegas-based or based elsewhere or not as reputable, et cetera, et cetera. But DraftKings has been kind enough to also send us over some information on their betting splits for the week. And, oh, the public is definitely with you on this choice, Taylor. I hate that. 77% of the tickets and 77% of the money on Manchester United in this game. That makes me way less comforted, um, but I, I'm. There's some reason for that. Also, like in general, the public uh, loves Manchester United. It's a big name, and um, I, I think also that plus price, like I say, is going to attract some people as well. I just, you know, what West Ham, similar to Man U, is not a team that I back week to week. I, they're they're very tricky in terms of their ups and downs as well. So I'm just going the on paper better team at a plus price. This isn't going to be one of my best bets, but that's where I lean. Another game, another game with a very very lopsided handle coming in. The public heavily on Everton. The other Saturday game at 4:30 in the morning. They're taking on Burnley, and Burnley still reeling from the annual Manchester City drubbing. Only 4% of the handle and 6% of the bets. So 6% of the money on Burnley in this game, a whopping 90% on Everton. And I think I got to go with the public on an even heavier game here. This is, this is finally my spot where I can get back in on Everton. They're a minus 106 favorite. Burnley really up there at plus 310. And then the draw is going to be 245 for you. I, I like Everton in this game. Don't know if it's going to be one of my best bets simply because of the investment to pay out, but I, I think this is where Everton starts to get it right again. Manager Carlo Ancelotti has been talking about how the team just hasn't been able to get back over that hump. After things were going well, they suffer that loss and just drop off a cliff, and they haven't really been able to come back. I think this is that get-right game where this team gets some of that mentality back. James and Gary Mina start playing better because the Colombians have been having a rough go of it lately up in the Mercy side. But I think this is the game for Everton. Yeah, this wasn't one of the ones that I was planning on taking. I think I will follow you on it. Burnley, very tricky at the moment. Last year, it was all about taking unders involving Burnley. Right now, Burnley's defense works when the matchup is is favorable for them. Now, that maybe sounds like it's stating the obvious, but when they're playing other teams in the back half of the table, other teams that have struggled to create chances, Sean Dyche has really been able over the last month, month and a half to impose his system 
and get the clean sheets, maybe give up a goal max. But then you look at the City game, that's not just a City-specific situation, I think. It's where, hey, if you're having 70%, 80% of the ball against Burnley and you already have so much of the talent on the field, which is going to be the case for Everton, you're going to be able to do enough in the final third to find those goals. And Everton's attack has been good this year too. It's them against Burnley's defense that I think is the most interesting matchup in this game. Um, that's a pretty good price. You know, I, I have no issue uh, getting close to even for a team that really should win this. Wouldn't be shocked to see the draw kind of back its way in there at decent value, but I'm going to go Everton. I'm going to follow you on that. All right, I, I like that. Let's let's shift over to the last Saturday game that we want to talk about here. This one, shockingly, the numbers aren't as lopsided, and maybe they're looking at it after Leeds's Leeds's great performance last week. Chelsea versus Leeds. Chelsea's a minus one eighty six favorite. Leeds all the way up at five to one. So that's why they're getting a little bit of the handle in this game. And then the draw is plus three forty. What do you like in here? So my Chelsea strategy is going to continue here, which is taking them on a goal spread against teams that are not the so-called big six. Now, I know this is a year where we say all throughout the big six, but when it comes to Chelsea and how their season has gone so far this year, they have been absolutely clobbering the teams that they should clobber. Leeds, exciting, exciting manager, fun for a newly promoted. They are still a newly promoted. And I'm banking on Chelsea having them Lenny figured out what Frank Lampard is doing defensively, I think could get them the clean sheet here. Um, if you look at what Leeds has done recently, they've had a weird stretch here. They gave up eight combined goals against Leicester and Palace, and then back-to-back clean sheets against Arsenal and Everton. So it's hard to sort of predict from a total perspective what's going to happen in this game, but I'm taking Chelsea minus a goal and a half again. I've had a lot of success on that play this year. I get plus 148 at the DraftKings price. Chelsea, five of their seven matches in the Prem this year against the so-called non-Big Six teams, which Leeds would qualify for that, would cover this game. Now, I do think Leeds is better than Burnley. They're better than Sheffield United. These are some of the recent games that Chelsea has comfortably won. But I'm banking on Chelsea doing enough to get a two-plus goal win here, and I get a good plus price. Now, this strategy I'm going to keep riding until it proves that it's not working. So maybe this is the game that throws me off. But for now, I'm thinking about just doing it in the macro, right? Like being prepared, kind of like a baseball season. You win two out of three, maybe you lose one here or there. The prices are good enough for Chelsea at minus a goal and a half in most of these games still. Um, And like I say, I think Chelsea will be in the title conversation all year. In order to do that, they have to comfortably win games like these at home. Chelsea minus one and a half goals plus 148. I'm absolutely furious with you because I have in my notes for one of my picks of the week, Chelsea minus a goal in this game. From everything I was looking at before the, but before all this, that was one of the picks that I had great minds thinking alike here. I'm with you on that. And a lot of people certainly thinking the same thing. 78% of the money and 87% of the tickets on Chelsea in this game. Going to be... I hope it's a good one, but I also really hope that it's not and Chelsea just comes through and then we see three goals from Pulisic because that's just my favorite thing in the world, watching him play. I'm glad that he's back and healthy. And the other factor is, while Chelsea is coming off, of course, a midweek Champions League game, they can rest now because they are through in the Champions League. So they don't have to worry about this match week six. They can play rotation players and get some guys minutes in what will be a meaningless game for them, which – Sets them up all the better to really give it a go here versus Leeds. 
Now, let's move on to Sunday and some of our Sunday matchups coming in. One of the big ones early in the morning, 8.30 a.m., bright and early Sunday. It's the North London Derby, Arsenal versus Spurs. Spurs minus 106, Arsenal plus 290, and then you're getting the draw plus 260. This feels like a game Arsenal's weirdly going to show up for. My draw detector's going off. I'm feeling a 0-0 draw. I can understand that. Wow, so back-to-back, that would be ultimate Jose ball. Back-to-back, big Premier League match, nil-nils. That wouldn't shock me at all. In fact, you know, once again, we talked about this in the Chelsea um, Spurs game. Actually, I'm just remembering this, that Dylan brought up maybe taking a nil-nil exacta. I'll have to check in with him to see if he actually did that. I'm going Spurs, though, ultimately. Laying a little bit at minus 106, I just think Spurs are the better team. And not only that, I think they're the much better team. Now, maybe that doesn't matter because of, like you said, how Jose approaches these games. This is obviously, if Arsenal's going to show up at all this year, they show up for this fixture, right? Like they need to get some kind of energy injected back into this team. But all of the metrics go Tottenham, third best XG in the league. Arsenal's the sixth worst. What is happening with this Arsenal team right now is really concerning. All of the promise was for this Mikel Arteta era, this idea of finally having a guy with some interesting tactical ideas, finally taking some chances. And yet, right now, it's trending to be the worst Arsenal season in some yeah. time. They're way back there in the table. Now, they'll, they'll regress to the mean, which means they'll fight for a Europa League place eventually down the stretch of the season. I am pretty confident they won't be in the top four conversation at all unless they make like some major moves in January, which don't really happen anymore in soccer. What's like they need Obama Yang and Lacazette to be world-class goal scorers. Lacazette has had injury problems. Obama Yang played basically out of position most of the year. He's now come back centrally as a true striker and it's still not working. The, The goals aren't coming. What happened last week, I'm so happy you made money off of Wolves because I was scared to touch that game. But um, ultimately, it was just ultimate arsenal in that game. There was that crazy – I mean, by the way, Raul Jimenez with a terrible head injury in that game with the collision with David Luiz. Supposedly, he's doing better after um, school surgery, which is a very scary series of words. But Arsenal, I I just – I never have any confidence at them at this point. Wouldn't shock me to see that draw that you mentioned. There's really good value there as well. But I just have to go by the book. I have to go Spurs as the better team in this. It's not a crazy price. Tottenham to win. All right. We're we're a little bit at odds on that one. I also do have to give credit to the Wolves pick last week to Nick Henyon over at VEASAN, a friend of mine. He's a big Arsenal fan, and he – he, he's the one that I can consult on that team. You know, sometimes you just need to be able to find those people who are big fans of a team, but don't let that cloud their judgment. They, they can get, it's the people who know this is what they like to do in this situation. And he said, this is this, this game has wolves written all over it. So that really made me feel better about my bet. But yeah, I, I just have a feeling it's going to be more Mourinho ball. And he does this against in, in all the big games. They're going to bunker down and they're not going to play that creatively, but Arsenal's also not going to be able to do anything. And so I see it coming out with the 0-0 draw. That being said, I also don't hate Tottenham. I think the draw is more of a value play here than it is, than it is a play on the, uh, on the right side because Tottenham is definitely the side to back in this game if you want to take a pick on them. Let me, let me ask you this, Tom. If you're so confident in, like, would you try a nil-nil exacto? Would you go the under? Are you going to go those plays as well? Or 
I think I would. I, I, I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to play the under. Let me pull up those numbers here real quick because this, uh, this game very, very much to me screams a, uh, a one, one, zero, zero, zero type of game. If there is a result, I believe that it's going to come out on a, on the under and I can get under half a goal for 10 to one odds at DraftKings. <laughs> I can get under one and a half goals for plus 265. That might end up being one of my best bets. I might do that. I might do a Spurs 1-0 exacta. I might do Spurs money line. I might do it all. So similar to you, although with different plays, this might be one where I'm, you know, putting my feet in a few different ponds, if you will, uh, of action. I was honestly trying to think up a good pond uh, reference to segue us into our next game. But instead of a pond, it's a pool. It is Liverpool going up against Wolves. And Liverpool, two to one favorite, one to two favorites, I should say, in this game. You're laying, you're laying two bucks with them. The draw is plus three to uh, 325. And Wolves, a whopping 575 dog in this one. I don't think that we're going to be seeing, uh, seeing a whole lot of luck coming in on the mercy side here for the wolves again i don't think this is going to be like arsenal no i don't either i don't really love any play in this wolves are going to be without arguably if not arguably their best player raul jimenez after that head injury i mentioned liverpool still have the injuries uh got a couple more knocks in midweek including to andrew robertson apparently they don't need any more injuries on their back line by the way quick Shout out. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, but the Irish goalkeeper who went in goal for Liverpool in the midweek. I, I, yeah. I believe it's Queen in Queen. I don't know. It's Chow Mean is how it's spelled. It's like a traditional <laughs> Irish name. I have no idea how to pronounce it. No disrespect to that lad, though, because he went off really good performance in the Champions League. And uh, I believe he might be starting in this game, which a little bit concerning that your third or fourth string uh, keeper in preseason would be starting back-to-back games in all comps, but he played well. That's not going to scare me off. If I do anything here, it's going to be Liverpool, maybe on the minus one at minus 118. I don't love that either. I'm leaning no touch, but if you can find the right Liverpool play, I'd probably do it. I I think my policy on Liverpool moving forward is going to be not to touch them. This team is showing – I think now we're seeing what their true colors are, and their true colors are they are an inconsistent team. They're going to have some of these games where they come out and they play very, they play very good football and they can, they can still get the results and show the class that this team has. However, due to all of the injuries, they're also a team that can come out and get walloped 5 nothing by Atalanta and not put up a shot on goal. Yeah. This team is not – and then proceed to follow that up with a 1-1 draw against Brighton that could have very well been a loss. This team is not easy to predict right now, and I don't think that we can really be touching them until we know for sure what they're going to look like. And maybe once they get a couple players back, obviously they're going to be without Van Dyke for the whole year, and that's going to be a brutal loss. But they need, they, they need to start getting healthy, and they need to start showing us some semblance of consistency before we can, we can really be taking action on them again. Yeah, I agree with that. Everything Liverpool – especially in the next few weeks into the next few months going through the holiday stretch, everything that happens with them, their successes and failures will determine what happens with the entire Premier League. It'll determine if Chelsea has a chance to win it. It'll determine if City has a chance to win it. Spurs, Manchester United, if you want to make a case for someone other than those teams I just mentioned, any of those teams in order to win it, they need what's happening to Liverpool to keep happening. The injuries, the weird rotations, the Jurgen Klopp having to 
find something out of his back pocket. And for now, they're going to have to keep doing that. Now, as you mentioned, they're going to be without Virgil all year. That's one of their best players, one of their most important players. That's not going to change. But some of these other guys are going to be able to get healthy in theory, and they might start to get in form once January, February comes around. So that's why the prices still are where they are. I mean, they're also at the top of the table. So it makes sense. They're still right in the heart of that mix to win the title. And I think if you had to say anyone just throwing the value out as the favorite to win, I would still say it's Liverpool if they're fully healthy. But everything that happens in the next few weeks is so topsy-turvy that I want nothing to do with the individual games. See, see, I think that's my problem with taking them on the futures market is that this is not a healthy and consistent team. So why would you do it? Not to mention there's no value there. there there's absolutely no reason for you to be f- filling out a Liverpool futures ticket right now. I think that they're going to just don't think that they're quite good enough again to, to pull off the repeat. I think it, I, I still let, really like Chelsea. That's the team that I'm backing to win the league. But for now... Let's move on from the EPL. There are a couple other games on the docket, but nothing that really is jumping out to me, except maybe just real quick to throw it out there, Leicester get right game against Sheffield United. That might be something that I'm interested in taking Leicester on. They're a very close to even money price there. So that's one that I wanted to throw out real quick. But now give me a drum roll here, Taylor, because I'm about to rattle through every single group in the Champions League, and I'm going to try and do it in under two minutes here before we break down the important matches. I want to go through all of the uh, all of the qualification scenarios that we have to look at here. Ready, set, go. All right, so we're looking at Group A. Bayern has already won the group. Red Bull Salzburg play Atletico for the second place spot. Moving on to Group B, absolute chaos. Borussia Mönchengladbach in with a draw or better versus Real Madrid. Inter must win versus Shakhtar and see a Real Madrid loss. Shakhtar wins with a matching result versus Real. And Madrid need a win versus Gladbach or a draw and Inter win to advance. Group C, Man City, Porto already qualified. Group is done. Group D, Liverpool qualified. Ajax plays Atalanta for second. A win or draw for Atalanta gets them the advance. Group E, Chelsea have won. Sevilla in second. That group is done. Group F. Dortmund have qualified. A win at Zenit St. Petersburg guarantees first. Club Bruges must beat Lazio to earn second. Group G, Barcelona and Juventus have qualified. Juventus must beat Barcelona by three goals or more to win first place in the group. And Group H, United qualify with a draw or better versus Red Bull Leipzig. Red Bull Leipzig must beat Manchester United in order to qualify. And PSG qualify with a draw or better versus Boxer. That is your qualification scenarios. We will get more in-depth in detail as we go over the actual games that matter here. But that is your roundup of everything that is going on and at stake heading into the final match day of the Champions League. It's like I'm back at the horse track. I love it. Reminder to those listening on whatever your favorite podcast app is, you can slow it down if you need. The, you can do the 1.5 <laughs> speed, which I wouldn't recommend there. You can do the 0.5 speed maybe to uh, get a good feel. That was a brilliant breakdown. Good stuff. Thank you. Thank you very much. I had to, I had to channel that inner horse racer there to try yes. and break it down as quickly as possible. But now let's move into some of these matches where there is very much a lot on the line. Let's start off Tuesday at noon. One of the matches that's going to be really worth watching because of the sheer unpredictability and the DraftKings is saying the same thing. Leipzig plus 165 versus Man United, who's a plus 150 favorite and the draws plus 270. So Really, either side, you're going to be able to get a return on investment, but the problem is good luck figuring out who's going to win that one. Again, Manchester United don't need a win. A draw or better gets them in. Leipzig needs the win, and that is what's going to kind of shade my opinion. 
you're going to see here a common theme for me in this week is I'm, I'm picking dogs in the Champions League just because I like, the, I, I like the value that I'm getting, and I know that at least a couple of them are going to come through. Leipzig's so hard to figure out. The bad news is so are their opponents in this game, Manchester United. It's a good point that United only needs the draw. I don't really love this United team, though, for games like that, right? Like we talk about Jose Mourinho being the master of pulling out a draw when he needs to, playing that style. What's happening with United in most of their games this year have, have been defensive issues, issues in midfield, not really being able to impose any kind of a specific tactic from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, even when they beat Leipzig 5-0 earlier this year, which is important to note that that happened. It was kind of, there was a lot of randomness to it. Like, I'm not saying they didn't deserve to win the game, but United's had some of these games, including when they beat Chelsea last year. I remember in the Prem, they won a game 4-0 that Chelsea outplayed them for the first 70, and then, and then United scored four goals in 20 minutes. It's just such a bizarre team, Manchester United right now. Really hard to figure out. This is going to sound like a weird play, and I fully expect you to be against it. It's an elimination game, so usually overs scare me in games like that, but I think the way that these two teams are playing right now defensively, Leipzig coming off of a seven-goal thriller earlier this week, I'm going over three and a half goals at a plus 160 price. I think it'll be open. I think it's impossible to figure out. So give me something on the total. Uh, and I'm going over just based on what I've seen from most of the games and the managers for these two teams this year. I don't hate that. I think this game could very well be a goal fest. Even if it's a one-sided goal fest, that could just lead to a blowout. Neither of these teams really like to play cagey ball. I, I, I can definitely see going with the over here. I don't, I don't hate that play at all. Now let's move on to Wednesday, though. Another good game coming in in the battle for second place in a group. It's Ajax versus Atalanta at 10 a.m. Ajax, the favorite here at plus 125. Atalanta, $1.85 underdog, and the draw plus 295. Atalanta only need the win or draw to advance. Ajax needs the win. So here's the thing with Atalanta. Made a lot of money off of them last year. Have lost a good amount of money on them this year. I'd like to see the lineup in this because, like you say, there are a few different ways that Ladea could approach this game. If they bring back in Zapata, Muriel, who were the keys to so much of their attacking success last year, I'm taking Atalanta to win this game, plus 185. I think they're a better team than Ajax when everything's still clicking. Now, I know their form has been pretty bad domestically and not much better in Europe in recent weeks despite that great Liverpool result. But this is an Ajax team very much in transition. I think we'll be talking about this Ajax team in a year, in two years, with some of these teenagers that they have, players that maybe in two or three years will then end up at super clubs around Europe. But they're a little bit early for some of these teenagers and a little bit late for some of the older players they have. I think Atalanta have seen their best days as well. Um, but it feels like they're going to do enough to get past Ajax to get out of the group. I'm waiting on the lineup. I'd like to see at least Zapata starting. Otherwise, I'm probably going to take the draw. But for now, I'm going Atalanta plus 185. I, I hate the number on this game because of the fact that Ajax is the favorite. They are at home. They're playing this one at Johan Cruyff. But my, my issue with it is I would love to take Ajax plus a goal because I'm really worried about that hook that comes in with the fact that Atalanta doesn't need to play for the win. That's However, the numbers are completely prohibitive on yeah. any kind of price like that. So I'm with you where Atalanta might be the play, but 
if I'm putting money on this game right now, I'm putting it on the draw just because I think that that's going to get your best return on investment here. And I see Ajax trying to score to get, to get the win late and Atalanta just bunkering down and not needing to worry. And I think that they're, I, I, I could see it being a two, one, two, two game, but I, I, I just, but like you said, wait on the lineup. If Atalanta plays a goal scoring lineup here, then you'll know, okay, go with them. But I'm also kind of looking at the draw in this game. Maybe consider, I, I don't love, I certainly didn't last year like taking Atalanta um, live, but in any of these, this is just kind of a strategy for any of these elimination games where a team would be fine with the draw. See how the game is going after the opening whistle, if you don't like anything pre-flop. And maybe yeah, play you live. can get a, a solid live draw or even an exacta, depending on where things are at. I, I could I, I like that idea. That might be how I approach this game, especially because it's so up in the air. And it, maybe one of the most unpredictable games coming up in this in this Champions League fixture that we got. But right now, let's move on to my favorite game. This is one I am so excited to watch. I'm looking forward to the fighting Jesse Marshes of Salzburg. Dollar ninety dogs versus Atletico Madrid and the absolute shithousery that that team loves to bring each and every week to their games. Draw plus two sixty five Wednesday at noon. They're playing for the second place spot. It's win or go home. This is another one where there's value on either side. If you like one of the teams over the other one pre flop, you're going to be getting a pretty good price on it. Um, looking at what Salzburg has been doing in this group, their expected goal difference through the five games is the best in the group at 1.9 atletico the second best byron's third so put whatever kind of uh stock into that that you want because byron's obviously better than both of those teams both have been really good domestically different leagues so different trends there last time they played was this crazy 3-2 barn burner um but if you think about what atletico has done since then in recent games they've really gotten back to that classic diego simeone defensive solidity aggravating, like you say, use the word shithousery. The shithousery is working in recent games. Their last seven have only given up three goals in that seven-game stretch. So the question is, what do they do against a Salzburg team that scores a hell of a lot of goals when they're really in the groove? Um, ultimately, I'm going experience here. I'm going Atletico Madrid at plus 132. I love the fighting Jesse Marches. I would love to see Jesse March into the knockouts. But Diego Simeone knows how to approach this type of game. He knows how to get the result that he needs. He has the players to do that kind of frustrating shithouse football. And I think they ultimately do enough. I can get them at a solid enough price at plus 132. Like I say, if you like either team to win this, it's a great bet because you're getting good value either way. And I like Atletico to get it done. My heart absolutely wants Salzburg to go through. At $1.90, they're not a terrible side to back in this game. However, the key difference to me is the fact that, like I said, these teams are playing for the second-place spot. Atletico does not need the win. The draw goes to Atleti. If the draw went to Salzburg, I'd say that I like Salzburg in this game because it's going to prevent Atletico from playing that bunker-buster football that they love to play where you just are going to have a hell of a time trying to break down that line. Because they only need the draw, I could see them getting a goal and then just absolutely bunkering down. And I don't know if Salzburg has the ability anymore to break down that 
that athletical bunker. That's why I like them at the dollar thirty-two price. I think that that I, I think that that's that's a side to back in this. If it was the other way and Salzburg had the benefit of the draw, I think it's a very different matchup. But I could see Atletico winning this game despite only needing to play for the draw because there is no better team at parking the bus and playing that rigorous defensive football than Atletico. That's another one where you consider the live move, uh, possibly a live exacta, if Atletico goes up and that's kind of the style of the game. Or even if the price is good enough, you then just take them if you're willing to lay a little bit of juice. Um, I would probably maybe even double down on an exacta here if, I, if that's how the game goes. I think it becomes really interesting if Salzburg scores first. Because Atletico, while they have yes. really exciting goal-scoring players, Jao Felix, uh, of course, Luis Suarez, who I have, I, I believe the number was 66 to 1 for a Champions League golden boot. He scored zero Champions League goals, so not going great on that uh, prop. <laughs> but Jao Felix has turned into a really nice striker for them. Regardless, that's not where Atletico is comfortable. And Salzburg can then, when they go up a goal, they can kind of pour it on as well. So that's where it becomes really interesting, just not even from gambling, but just from a fan perspective. But pre-flop, everything points to Atletico for me here. You know, Taylor, I wish I could disagree with you just because that makes for better content for the show. But I, I have to agree, especially with the fact that Atletico has the advantage of only needing the draw. At plus 132, they're the better side to be taken pre-flop. And I also like the idea of play, waiting and playing this game in-game. But right now, let's move on to the final group with really everything to play for. It has been absolute chaos in Group B, the whole Champions League group stage. And that was kind of expected coming into all this because this was the group we looked at when the draws came out and said, this is going to be the toughest group. You've got Real Madrid, Borussia Mönchengladbach, Shakhtar, and then rounding it out has been an inter-team that has surprised in a very bad way so far. And all four teams still alive coming into this final day. Inter gets through with a win versus Shakhtar plus a Real Madrid loss. Shakhtar wins with a matching result with Real Madrid. Gladbach is in with a draw or better versus Real. And Madrid needs a win versus Gladbach or a draw and, and an Inter win to advance. Let's start off with that Real Madrid game. They're a dollar $1.34 favorites. Whereas the draws plus 265 and Gladbach four to one. Two highest scoring teams in the group. You're talking about 16 goals in five games for Gladbach. Real nine in five. They both also have the highest XGs in the group. Um, you know, Real fully do not deserve to get out of this. You look at where the numbers are, people still fully expect them, the books and the public still fully expects them not only to advance, but possibly to win the group, which sounds insane, but it could totally happen. I'm not taking either side of this based on how offensive these teams are, based on how terrible Real has been defensively and the fact that Gladbach constantly gives up a lot of goals as well. I'm going another over three and a half goals in an elimination game. You can get it at plus 160. Ordinarily, both this and the other over three and a half elimination play um, in the United Manchester United game are kind of against my principles. The, the idea in these elimination matchups is like, their knockout games, right? Like both teams are cagey. They're trying to just find enough to get the result. But what we've seen from Real Madrid and Gladbach so far wouldn't indicate that. Uh, it's a great price too. I'm, a, I'm going over three and a half goals. I'm staying out of this particular game just because I, I do genuinely believe Real Madrid's going to come through. Uh, I am completely with you on they do not deserve it. 
they should be eliminated. They have not been good so far this season in the Champions League. They should absolutely be getting bounced. However, it's Real Madrid, and that never seems to be how it happens. So I think it's going to shake through the way they need to. And I think as much as I would love to see Gladback going on, I actually think that they are going to get – they're going to go from first place in the group to out of the Champions League knockout stages on the final match day. I think it's going to be heartbreak for them, and Real Madrid is going to take it. I just don't want to lay the minus 134 price. So I think I'm going to lay off of this game. Once again, Gladbach in with the draw or better versus Real. Madrid needs a win or a draw and an interwin. I think that they get the win and it puts them through. Minus 134, I don't know. I might play it, but I'm probably not going to. But let's move on to the final game here. Inter versus Shakhtar. Inter's a minus 315 favorite in this one. The draw plus 485. Shakhtar plus 750. The game will be at the San Siro. Inter needs a win and a Real Madrid loss to advance. Shakhtar, all they have to do is match Real's result and they'll be through. So a draw for a draw, a win for a win, loss for a loss. It's quite simple for them. Last time these two teams played, it was a really weird result for how they usually play. It was a nil-nil. And, you know, Shakhtar has, has been this crazy team in this group. They got destroyed by Gladbach both times they played. So a goal line might be scary for that reason. But if you look at how Inter's played almost every single game this year, either domestically or the Champions League, no lead is safe for them. Their defense is still so shaky. Um, and I don't really see any good prices. I think Inter, ultimately, the, the, the boring situation here is, most likely Inter and Real are going to get through. I can't believe I'm saying that based on what we've seen from those teams, but it feels that way. Okay. But I'm not in either of these necessarily banking on it with a future or with the result price in these individual games. I'm going Shakhtar on the goal line at plus one and a half banking on Inter's defense being bad enough that this is a one goal game, maybe a three, two, maybe a two, one. I don't think they're going to get the queen sheet against Shakhtar. So Give me Shakhtar plus one and a half goals. All right. This is a game. I am not picking it as a best bet, but this is absolutely Tommy V's value player of the week. Shakhtar, 750 to win the game. That's just, that's an absolutely insane price for a game that is not, is not nearly as done and dusted as that, as that line suggested is you've got a team in inter that are masters of blowing it in the clutch. There is no team who chokes this hard. Going up against a Shakhtar team that is so weird and so capable of pulling off a weird result here, the fact that I'm getting plus 750 on a game that Shakhtar absolutely can win is insane. I can't help but play that. Okay. I I respect it. I I think there's been so much Shakhtar magic that it almost seems to be asking too much for it to keep going. But you're absolutely right from the inter side of things. That's why I am fading them, at least on the goal line, because I think this will be interesting. I think there's going to be moments, you know, if you're watching the Golasso show on CBS or whatever, where in the second half, they'll be cutting to it constantly. And you'll be, you'll be like, oh, wow, like what, what just happened with Inter? Oh, just wide. Here they score. There they can see. It's going to be a wild game. I don't mind that. I mean, the value play makes sense. But I ultimately do kind of in the deepest, darkest part of my soul think that Inter and Real are going to advance out of this group. It's so gross to say. I'm not going to touch it with U.S. currency, but it feels that way. 
I don't think that Inter advances out of the group. I think that they okay. have not. They they have painted themselves into too poor of a corner. They're down too deep in this hole. I don't think they're going to be able to claw their way out of it. I, I guarantee you one thing: bet the house on it. You can absolutely hammer it. Minus a million odds. No work is being done for me on Wednesday. I am watching that game, and I will have multiple screens that I can watch the other games, but that is my favorite game of the week, and I will 100% be slacking off at my job. Don't tell my boss. There you go. Well, so you're, you're telling me that the 45-1 to 1, uh, Inter to win it all is not something you'll be taking then, Tom? No, not right now, but let's transition into that conversation. Next week, once the round of 16 is set, We'll have a real deep dive into these Champions League futures as the picture becomes clear. But there are a couple plays that might be worth making on some of these potential long-shot teams that need something to happen in these elimination games in the final knockouts, uh, final group stage game. Yeah, I mean, just looking, as far as the overall winners, I think there's probably nothing right now. I mean, Bayern plus 275 is just um, – if you think Bayern is this otherworldly team, you take that, and they probably are, but it's not a lot of value. Barcelona 15-1 to 1 is a lot of value for a team named Barcelona. Really quick, because we didn't touch on anything um, in that group because it's, it's decided. There is some interesting stuff happening with Messi that might be kind of like the early Messi decline stuff. Possibly not. I'm happy for anyone to clip that out and make me look – like an idiot uh, because this is Lionel Messi we're talking about. But right now he's 269th in non-penalty goals in Europe. Uh, he's 50th in the expected assist numbers. Could be a growing trend. Could also be just still too small of a sample size. And I, we'll, end, I, we'll end up correcting, but we'll see. I, I think that that's more Barcelona, to be honest with you. I think it's the fact that they're trying to play a system that isn't working right now and that they've been so – all over the map and there's been so much turmoil for them coming into this season. It's, I, I don't think that all of the blame can fall on Messi, especially because their strategy for the last several years said, Oh, we're just going to let it all be on Messi." And guess what? That's finally not working. And part of it is that he is getting older, but part of it is that you haven't made good player acquisitions. You've yeah. let, you've let that MSN, uh, you've gone from Messi Suarez and Neymar to just Messi. And that was a huge mistake. Griezmann plays the same position, so he's been useless for you. He finally started looking good. We finally saw a smile out of him during their, during their Champions League game over this past week. But this team just isn't doing what they need to do to, put, to, to help Messi out. And yes, he is Lionel Messi. You can make the argument, well, he should be the one pulling the weight. He is. It's just that eventually it's, it's still an 11-man team. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. And when we saw all the drama that happened with that club before the season, and I think some of that's still happening. It's interesting, though, like they're, they've been way better in the Champions League than domestically. But you also look at, you know, you get a couple of games against Ferenc Varos, you get Dynamo yeah. Kiev, you get Juve in one of their games without Cristiano Ronaldo, which this Juve team without CR is not very good. So, yeah, I, I would say Barca, it's an interesting number. Um, I you, don't want to – yeah, go ahead. A side note on that, it's not that this Juve team without Ronaldo is not very good. It's that they're straight up bad. They've won, they've either won one or no. I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but they're either – they either only have one win or no wins when he's not in the lineup. <laughs> Terrific. Yeah. Absolutely atrocious, um, which, you know, interesting thing to keep an eye on if he will miss any other major games for them. Just looking at the other – I mean, group finishing position we kind of touched on with most of these. A lot of the value – 
for teams to advance, you're just going to find in the individual game anyway. Uh, are you thinking about a possible Bruges flip or them getting through at plus 275? Uh, are you thinking about, I mean, Leipzig, you get to finish in the top two at plus 140. So you probably might as well just take them on their, their individual gameplay if you think that um, Leipzig are going to beat Manchester United. Beyond that, I, I don't love a whole lot of the numbers. Like I say, in Group B, it's just heavily favoring Real Madrid and Inter to get out. If you think Inter's going to get out at minus 139, it's not a terrible price, which I kind of do think they'll hit that. But you're not going to take anything Real Madrid. The juice is just so high. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe you – I don't know. I'm, you, yeah. I'm all aboard the shock dart train. I was going to say. I was going to say. Shock the Casbah, baby. Yeah, yeah. Four, four and a half to one to get through. Uh, Ten to one to win the group. Uh, at this juncture finishing position as far as just winning it all uh, winning the champions league i don't think either of us want anything to do with man city or liverpool the second and third favorites at this point correct me if i'm wrong no we have we have no desire on any of that although interestingly enough over at DraftKings, four bettors did take one thousand dollar bets four separate bettors like to clarify have a thousand dollars each riding on man city at five to one so that's 5k payouts all around for them uh good luck i don't think this city team is good enough to do this so i think that the champions league is going to continue to elude them i think you're wasting money yeah i um there's just now kind of reinforcing going through it aloud here on the pod there's not a whole lot on the futures market that i love right now i think it makes more sense to take a breath wait for the round of 16 and do that. Inter at 45 to one that's just insane value if you are this like super inter believer for whatever reason still maybe you take that of course that could be dead after one game (laughs) so i i i'm not going to do that but that's a ton of value beyond that keep looking at the props if there's some the player props if there's something that catches your eye i'm as i've said on the luis suarez 66 to 1 uh champions league golden booty has zero champions league goals and atletico are far from guaranteed in the knockout round so we'll see if that's dead this week We will see. But right now, let's wrap things up. Let's give our best bets of the week and head on out of here. It has been a great conversation. I'll let you go first. What are you thinking for your first pick? Sticking with Chelsea on that minus a goal and a half line. You keep getting that close to plus 150, mid plus 100s value. Um, Look, I'm going to keep doing it until it proves against me. I think they're going to be really good against those back half of the table teams this year are the Blues. So give me minus a goal and a half plus 148. I would love to be stealing the exact same bet from you. I will be following you on that for sure. But in the, in the spirit of fairness and competition here, also because that was, the, that was the price you pulled. I was a chicken in my original notes, had Chelsea minus the goal with the push protection. So I'm going to have to give that one to you. I'll take Everton minus 106. Going back on the Everton train here, Burnley's still a bad team, and I think this is Everton's get-right game. I increasingly like that play, to be honest. I'm, I'm not going to be a best bet, but I probably am going to take it. My next best bet, similar, uh, close to even juice. I'm going to the North London Derby. I'm going Spurs minus 106. This is just purely, I think Tottenham is a much better soccer team than Arsenal. As we know, these derbies can throw all that out the window, so it's a little risky for me to kind of keep riding that here. But I'm going to go Spurs minus 106. I am going to be following you into that game, and I'm going to be taking that under a goal and a half at plus 265. I think this is going to be a very cagey affair. I will have some money on the 0-0 draw at 10-1, to but in terms of the actual safe bet, 
I'm going under two goals. I think this game finishes 1-0 tops. I like that. I might try to hit kind of a combination middle situation where I'm taking Spurs and an under because I think a Spurs 1-0 win could really hit in that game. My final best bet of this week, Tom, we'll see how we do with these, is into the Champions League, that Salzburg-Atletico Madrid game could be one of the more interesting matchups of next week's Champions League slate. I'm going Atletico money line plus 132. This is all Diego Simeone. This is all Atletico experience versus relative inexperience for Salzburg. Give me Atletico plus price on the money line. All right, I'm here to make some real money this week. Uh, I'm doing it. Best bet. Also going to the Champions League. Sticking with it. Shock the Casbah, baby. We're going with Shakhtar to win the group at 10-1. to 1. <laughs> Wow, I thought you were going to say the, uh, the plus 750 or whatever. You're going all the way with the winning. I guess they go hand in hand, right? But that's, they, that's, that's my logic that I'm thinking here. Yeah. I'll have to do the math because off the top of my head, the, the monkey with the symbols is just clapping in there as I try <laughs> and do the math in my head. My logic is this. Real Madrid beats Gladbach. Real Madrid is a minus 134 favorite in that game. Shakhtar is a plus 750 dog. So let me see right here. I am on the DraftKings website trying to put these in as a parlay. And let me see if, okay. All right. In that case, uh, now that it's coming out, it's a, it's a plus, your payout is plus uh, roughly 14 to 1. 1388 is your t- is your total payout here. So instead of going with them to win the group, I am going to go with a parlay of Shakhtar and Real Madrid. Oof, bolder man than I, but I, those are both sensible plays. I mean, I have said that I think Inter will narrowly win that game and end the Shakhtar dream, and I'm going to take Shakhtar on the goal. So I'd be perfectly happy for everything you just mentioned to come through. Real, there's no good um, – price to take them individually so you might as well pair them up on a parlay I think that's a that's a really interesting move Tom I'm gonna be watching it very carefully to see if that hits for you had to get a little creative there but I mean yeah Shakhtar is obviously the big risk there but you're you're adding a Real Madrid team that while is bad they just have that ability to worm their way they they MacGyver their way out of these situations and I think they're going to do that again so go with the two-team parlay you're getting better payouts than the actual result of Shakhtar winning the group. That's what would happen anyway. So why not? I love it. I love it. Um, Our listeners will, I'm sure, let you know uh, when things go south very quickly in that, but we'll see what happens. The thing thing with Shakhtar, and this is true with me on the goal line too, um, we've seen them get blown out in a couple of games. So we'll see, but hopefully it's a close kind of high scoring fun one. I agree. I'm looking forward to watching it. We'll see how it all turns out. Let us know what you think. Like our plays, hate our plays, your plays this week. Tweet at us. I'm at TV at work at ATLT Will. There it is. Well done. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. it. You have have such a confusing name. I have to remember it. It's basically just Atlanta Taylor Wilson. Exactly. It's a puzzle, but once you get there, you've broken the code. Well done. Exactly. Uh, you can also follow us on the Book It Sports app. Of course, it is out now. It is an awesome app to be using. It's part social media. It's part bet tracker. I'm TV at work on there as well. You are T-Will on there, aren't you? That's right. There, He's getting great what at else? this outro. Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> 
All right. T will with one L on the book it sports app. Again, follow us. Let us know if you like the show, if you hate the show, don't let us know, but give us that five-star rating and review on wherever you're listening. We really appreciate it. The like, subscribe, like subscribe and share the whole deal. Thank you so much to our friends over at Book It. And thank you so much to our friends at DraftKings for hooking us up with some great information to use and help you guys win some money this weekend. Best of luck. It's going to be another fun one.